0: Welcome to Gold Ribbon Conversations, the podcast created to support families fighting childhood cancer in Ireland. Six children, adolescents and young adults are diagnosed with cancer every week in Ireland. And the gold ribbon, which illuminates precious light and love and courage and compassion, is a symbol of strength and solidarity for each and every one. My name is Sinead O'Moore, And it is my privilege to bring you these episodes on behalf of Childhood Cancer Foundation Ireland, a charity funded by and led by parents of children with cancer, who know that one of the greatest sources of support for this fight is conversation. Throughout this podcast, I talk to survivors, fighters, and parents who've lost, as well as the experts who care for our children's health and happiness. Yes, we talk about the fear and the sadness, but we also talk about the hope and the friendship and the community that exists here, because you are not alone. As a non-government funded organisation, Childhood Cancer Foundation Ireland values every single donation, while on its mission to help more children survive cancer and thrive as adults, and support all those dealing with the long-term effects of illness and trauma. You can help by sharing this podcast and by texting GOLD to 50300. And donating 4 euro or visit childhoodcancer.ie for more. In this episode, I'm joined by Sinead Wood, a mother of twin boys Killian and Usheen, to talk about how it feels to be a parent of a Gold Ribbon fighter. Three years ago, when Killian was seven, he was diagnosed with T cell lymphoblastic lymphoma. Now, age 10, Killian is finishing treatment and has a positive and healthy future ahead. Sinead speaks so powerfully about how the last three years have impacted her and her family, how challenging it was to meet the needs of both of her boys along this journey and how she has battled and hoped to see the end to Killian's cancer treatment. And now that it's dawning near, she's left with a lot more emotions than just relief. She now must begin to heal the trauma. Sinead, thank you so much for joining me today. For this very special episode about a very special little boy, your son Killian.
1: Yes. No, we're we're happy to do this.
0: Firstly, I want to ask,
1: how is he? He's doing great. Yeah, he's recently just joined a Harlan group. So he's looking forward to the future and getting fit and focusing on something else.
0: He is just weeks away from finishing his treatment. It just must be so full of emotion as you approach that deadline and you count down each treatment each each final step to him ringing that bell
1: yeah there's a lot of emotions there's excitement anxiety um excitement for the future but also anxious for the future it's it's a roller coaster of emotions. I know that sounds a bit cliche, but it, it really is. It's hard to explain to people. <laughs> Seeing something that you've been doing for three and a half years just end. You know, you've been so focused on numbers and blood counts and and treatments and dates and for that to end, it's it's scary, but excitement too. <laughs>
0: Take us back to the start. As you said, it's been over three years now um, since his diagnosis. What, as a mother, what did you start noticing?
1: It was really quick. Killian's symptoms came on very quick. Um, the, it was March 2018. We just had the bad snow. Um, and Killian just got a, a cold. Um, and it, we thought he was playing on it a little bit. Um he was saying, I can't put on my socks. This is maybe after a week that he first started getting a cold. Um, and he said, I'm finding it hard to walk. I can't put on my socks. I was like, Kenny, it's just it's just a cold. He wouldn't have got sick that often. Um, so we thought he was milking it a little bit. So we brought him to the doctor's and the doctor said, No, it's just a regular cold. I'm not gonna give him antibiotics, nothing. He's he's fine. Um, so I asked my mom to take him for a drive to see Woody Park up with her and maybe just playing with me. Um, but they drove to Dublin and halfway, uh, Killian nearly passed out in the car and mum rang me and said, I'll meet you at Wexford Hospital. Um, and I think it was two weeks from the start of a sniffly nose um, that we ended up in Wexford Hospital.
0: And what did they say when
1: you got there? They checked his, um, they checked everything, everything. Um, they, they were unsure what it was and then they did an x-ray. Um, Killian couldn't lie down properly. When he was lying down, um, his breathing was really, really heavy. So they made him sit up and then they took the x-ray. Wexford didn't really tell us what was going on they just said we're going to send you to Crumlin for more tests um so we went to Crumlin the next day and we ended up in the heart ward in Crumlin and we we just thought that was because they didn't have extra beds anywhere else or you know I, I don't know what we were thinking um and then they did scans and I think within four hours they told us it's cancer and the reason that he was in the heart ward was it was a fast-growing tumour and it was pressing on his heart and his lungs so um and that was the reason Killian couldn't lie down and Killian hadn't been lying down at home either he was sitting up in the bed we had just moved house and I just thought it was the jitters from a new bedroom Mm. um but he saved his own life by not lying down that he really did he he knew if he lay down he'd he'd die
0: and i think that's what's so incredible about children who are experiencing severe illness Mm -hmm. i think sometimes as adults we can override um what our bodies are trying to tell us we can try and be all rational about things but perhaps there's an instinct
1: yeah, yeah. I, I trust Killian more than I trust myself. He knows when something's wrong. Um, they haven't got the fear of Google and all these other illnesses. That, you know, they know their own body and kids are amazing. We don't give them enough credit. So they did the tests and, and told us it was cancer. Sorry, they didn't tell us it was cancer. The doctor said there was a mass on Killian's heart and his lungs. And I thought he had pneumonia. So that's what I thought it was. Um, and then I said, is the mass fluid around his lungs and his heart? And he just said, no, it's, it's cancer, it's a tumour. Um, and I was with Killian's dad, who doesn't live with us. Um, and we just fell, we fell to the floor and just couldn't, it was just so strange. Killian was still smiling, he was still happy he was talking to the nurse about his brother in the next room and a doctor was telling us that he had cancer and it was just the strangest thing. It it still doesn't feel like those words were ever said to me in a way. Um, yeah, really strange. And everything happened so fast from there um, because Killing couldn't lie down. They couldn't sedate him to, to, um, put a chest strain to drain the fluid. So they said there's risks obviously because they can't sedate him. Um, so he went into ICU and they, we were brought in after two hours and Killian was rocking on the bed and screaming. And I just said to the nurse, what's, what's wrong? And she said, he's fighting, he's fighting to live. She said he's had ketamine um, and he's fighting to stay awake yeah that's I think that's when it hit us that one Mm. how do you
0: as a mother trust and hand over that control like to see your child experiencing this and to have to trust the people around you must be a really challenging transition because if that was me all I'd want to do is just whisk him out of that bed and yeah and bring him home under my arm
1: I think with with Crumlin, especially, you can see the difference in care, not saying that any other hospital is different, but Crumlin is special. They explain everything, everything so well. Um, And I just wanted them to save him. I I, I just, yeah, you know, you hear cancer and you just think death. That's what I thought. and I just wanted them to save him and and they did they did
0: how did you talk to him about it
1: I was very I was very light-hearted with him I said to him that his hair might fall out um I said it could come back a different color it might come back green um I said it's it's called cancer I said have you ever heard of that word And he said, is that what my uncle had? And I said, yes. He said, well, I get skinny and sick like him. I said, no, no. I said, you make sure you eat all the McDonald's. Um, And he took like a champ. He wasn't scared at all. Not one bit. He said, I hope my hair comes back blue. (laughs) And at each stage of the treatment,
0: did he understand a bit more about what this actually
1: means? I explained before everything that he did, I explained we didn't lie about Killian. We told him this is a strong chemo, you're gonna get very sick. <clears throat> we told him that how the steroids were gonna affect him. Um, we, we never lied to Killian about treatment. Um, we sometimes bent, bent the truth, but we always told him exactly what was coming. And in my opinion, that was the best thing because he he wasn't scared, and we we were totally a team. Um, yeah, we we let him know he knows more than me with his treatment. He's fab. As you said, you're part of a team, and if
0: Killian has an extra special close member on that team. His twin brother Oisin. Yeah. Yeah talk to me about how the impact of this illness and the treatment and everything that was going on impacted him because brothers are incredibly protective.
1: Yeah. So when we told Oshin about Killian, Oshin didn't see him for the first week that Killian was in hospital. And then we brought him down and he said, what's, what's wrong with Killian? Is he going to get better? And I said, he has something called cancer. And Oshin didn't understand what that was. And he said, just tell me, when is he going to get better? And I said, when he's 10. And they were seven at the time. And I didn't realise what I was answering. And to a seven-year-old that was like 50 years away. Mm. And he just broke down. He was just, yeah, he was really scared. He was. Um, But the first time Killian got out of bed and started walking was holding Oshin's hand. So that's yeah that they've got a really close bond and we couldn't do this without Oshin. We couldn't when we brought Killian home. Oshin stayed in the room and would run into the bedroom and say he's been sick or he's moaning or Oshin's he's so important to this this journey.
0: And I think that's another element about children. They you know as as observers of this and carers of this, you know, we don't give them enough credit either, the siblings, the strength that they can have, the resilience, the compassion. And, but all the while, you know, they are so little and they also have so much fear.
1: Yeah. They, we call them super siblings and they really are... Um, they have to put up with so much as well. He was sent to his aunties, to his dad, to his grannies, to whoever could take him. Um, and he never, he never complained. He never gave out, um, and always made sure that Killian was okay.
0: I imagine
1: your focus as a
0: mother goes towards a child that you know is ill. And as you said, like you have to, you have to travel. You have to be at appointments you're in survival mode but then there's that added guilt around how do I still be present for for the other children at home and like it's a lot it's a lot to worry about
1: yeah it it is a lot and that's something that I think friends and family don't see is it's not just focusing on killian it's focusing on everything ushing especially um and i i think that's sometimes the final straw when you're having a bad day is you think about something like that and it just breaks you um it's really really tough but it does get better and every family goes through this and it just makes you it really does make you closer as a family
0: Did you have much support from other families who were experiencing this? Because something I know through the work that I do is that really sometimes the greatest support you can have is just having people who are going through it share their experiences, and you feel immediately less
1: alone. Absolutely. Um, On John's ward, on the the oncology ward in Crumlin, there is a parents' kitchen. And you can sit there, have a cup of tea and talk to other parents that are going through it. Um, And at the start of your journey, when you're listening to a parent that's two years down the line, that's what you need to hear is that they are two years down the line and that it does get better. Um, Yeah, that you need that conversation at the start. It really does help.
0: How else have you been supported by the type of work that the childhood cancer
1: foundation do to support parents and their families so the, they um upgraded wexford general hospitals bedrooms their private rooms to make it more comfortable for oncology patients and long-term patients stay um and that's been amazing there's it's there's smart tvs in there now um which is great because when you're spending oh, you could be, spend two weeks at a time in that little hospital room it's just little things like that that make a huge difference just a little home comforts
0: and that's it it's about bringing some little moments of joy and comfort and normality
1: mm-hmm. to the
0: family's life and that a hospital stay you know can be as warm as it possibly can be
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's just little things when your child's been told you're going to have a blood draw now and they're panicking and you can put on their favourite show or a song and the nurses sing and it's just a distraction, um, a bit better than RT news, you know. Um, and it's something that every child deserves when they're in hospital, but, you know, the first year of treatment, it, it's a, you're in hospital a lot it's, it's nearly a full year in the hospital. So we do appreciate that. Had there been
0: moments, I know that you have said that Killian is, is, he's so positive and he's not afraid, but have there been moments where it's just gotten too much for him? I mean, you change emotionally from when you're seven to 10 so much. So as he's growing up, is he looking at this differently?
1: Yeah. So I think the first two years, even though it was the toughest, um, he it was a breeze for him, and he was very positive, and he's the one that used to lift me up. Um, But in the last year, because of the steroids, he struggled with his weight, and he's put on a lot of weight. And I think now he's aged ten. trying to get fit and fit in with all his peers and he's struggling with that um he's not happy about his weight he's asked about a personal trainer he's got into hurling he can see that he's a he's a bit different than other kids now and that's kind of knocked his confidence um but he still you know laughs it off and he knows that it's going to get better and we just We've got these last four weeks and everything will get better. We'll do our best to, you know, get him back to where he wants to be. He said
0: there about, you know, as he's, as he's growing older and he's, as they all do, they start thinking about themselves and their peers and their friend group and how they fit in. Has he been able to keep strong friendships throughout this?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got some very special friends. Um, He's he's lost a few relationships, but that's, I think that's just a natural thing. I, I don't think it had anything to do with his treatment. Um, he's been so lucky. I mean, kids that he doesn't even know will come up to him and say, you're so strong and you're so brave. and um, And his school is just amazing, amazing. The Beads of Courage
0: and Sibling Beads programmes were introduced and funded by Childhood Cancer Foundation Ireland to enable children like Killian and Oisin to tell their story using bright, colourful beads as meaningful symbols of courage. Each bead represents a milestone along their unique treatment path. It's been proven to decrease stress, increase positive coping strategies and helps to deal with their diagnosis and treatment. As a non-government funded organisation, every donation helps. You can help by sharing this podcast and by texting gold to 50300 and donating 4 euro. Or visit childhoodcancer.ie for more. How has he been managing that? How has he been managing to to, if he's in hospital for so long, what's the process around keeping his, his education going?
1: So the First year, um, he wasn't in school that much, but he did try, even if it was for two hours, he'd go to school. Um, Obviously, with the pandemic, it's been even harder the last year and a half. He's missed a lot. He's missed a lot of school, I'm not going to lie. But we've been so lucky he's had a teacher that came and homeschooled him after school hours on his own time no pay just to help Killian get back um I, we're quite lucky cuz Killian's quite quite a brain box um yeah so we're lucky he's not struggling too much um but Oshin suffered um more i would say um he needed that extra help and he had to take quite a few days off school as well so Yeah, that's affected Oshin probably more than Killian. That's understandable and I'm sure that's
0: that's part of the emotional processing that he was doing. That it's hard to stay focused in class. Yeah. If you're carrying
1: that. Yeah. And to be fair, Oshin's teachers made a big deal and a big fuss out of him um, and made him feel just as special as Killian. They were really understanding of that, that you know, sometimes the attention is on Killian a lot and Oshin gets overlooked, but they were amazing with that. Um, but he's doing good and like I said, Oshin's really positive and I just I just think he needs that extra help anyway as a child, um, not just because of Killian's treatment, but obviously that hasn't helped.
0: But that's a really interesting point around um
1: the the
0: sharing of that attention although of course Killian is getting attention for for such a an upsetting reason yeah but to a young child it's hard to understand that sometimes it's they just see it as why is nobody fussing over me
1: yeah um it does break my heart sometimes looking at him and you know especially at the start people would ring and say how's Killian. Mm. Um, which, you know, and I was, you know, my head was all over the place at the time. And sometimes I wanted to shout that I had two kids. I don't know, maybe that was just my emotions at the time, but, and I know people meant no harm. I know that, um, but it it would break my heart. Um, But it's his aunties and uncles and all, you know, made him feel so special. Um, But I remember one time, when we first brought Killian home, I got the boys to swap beds so that Killian was in the bed closer to my bedroom so that he could knock the door, knock the wall to let me know if something was wrong. And Oshin said, why are you doing that? And I said, just in case anything goes wrong, Killian can knock on the wall and wake me up. And he said, yeah, cause if anything's wrong with me, it doesn't matter. And it just, oh, it broke me. Um, oh sorry but yeah that was really hard um but that's
0: that's a really important thing to talk about because this show this episode you know it's it's about talking about children who have or have who have survived or have experienced cancer but for you the mother looking after all your children it's about the impacts that cancer has on your unit yeah yeah and you are the glue of that unit you are the most important part how did you look after you it's is that just, a
1: silly question <laughs> yeah it's just autopilot you're mm. so so busy um You you're almost too scared to stop because if you stop, you might think about it and then you'll break. Um I find now with treatment coming to an end, things are slowing down in our life. And I'm starting to break now. Um and at the start, you do have a lot of support at the start. Um and yeah, I I don't I don't know how I did it. Sometimes I think that this whole thing had, didn't happen to us. I'm like, how did, how did I do it? It doesn't feel like it was us that went through it. Um, I can't really answer that one. I don't know. I think it's just motherly instinct.
0: It's a long time to be in survival mode.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah, three and a half years nearly.
0: And you spoke about how it's hard to stop. And of course, the end is thankfully coming. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a really important thing that you've raised that the end of treatment and the ringing of that bell brings another phase. It doesn't, it, it doesn't end the, I suppose, the trauma of it. It's in fact, the beginning of having to slow down and to process it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's just it, it, you were so busy, and we constantly had numbers in our head, and blood counts, and dates, and times, and you know what medication and what numbers to ring. Um, and now, I feel like if I'm not worried about something, I get worried. I want to be worried about something all the time. It's been three years of absolute worry. And now that I'm not like that, I'm not dealing with it very well. Um, I'm dealing with it okay, but it's a feeling I haven't felt yet. It's something that I expect to feel at the beginning. Um, It's just, yeah, it's, I did say to my partner, I feel like I've lost a purpose. Like it's really hard to explain. Obviously, my purpose is to be a mum. I don't know. It's it's like I've been breastfeeding them for three years and now I've given it up, or I'm not sure how to explain that. Yeah,
0: no, that's a good one. I know I know <laughs> that I know that one. When and I think anyone that even you know if you're in that everyone knows what it's like to have that newborn and that intensity and it's hard to step out of that 24-7 mindset yeah
1: yeah it's it's a very strange feeling um it's just been go 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 we haven't had time to even I think process what we've done the last three years um and I think now that everything's in down we're thinking oh god that was us we went through that we we seen him go through that it's this wasn't a show that we watched that was us um where at the time we didn't really think about it it was just get through this surgery or this treatment and move on to the next. Um, and now we have time to think about what each of those were. Um, and it's tough, it's it's tough. Um, we've been focused on this one thing for three and a half years and now it's done with. And I'm gonna focus on the boys either way, you know. Um, but we're hopefully, you know, focus on giving back to all these amazing charities and the hospitals and spreading awareness and getting the boys to grow up and live their best life that they can have, I suppose.
0: And that's what it is about. That's, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be a whole nother phase. And I, I don't doubt for a second that, you know, cancer will always be, a part of your story.
1: You know, Absolutely.
0: These three years, although coming to an end is so miraculous and brilliant and wonderful and exactly what you and your family want, it, it is always going to be a part of your story.
1: And I think that's what's so hard to explain to people when they say, Oh, you're excited. You know, it's really exciting. We are excited. We're so excited but there's a there's a community when somebody's diagnosed with cancer there's a really tight community of people and charities and we've become friends with the nurses you know we we want to see the nurses we you know we we share stories we tell each other what we've been doing during the week and that's that's gonna end now and that sounds so silly it really does i know Sounds so ridiculous. but
0: It, re- it doesn't.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a strange, You, it's a, we have our own little life that not even um, my closest friends or sisters know about, you know? And it's, yeah, it's hard giving that up in a way, yeah. You no doubt
0: have changed entirely as a person because of, the last three years, and because of what Oshin and Killian have gone through together, and maybe yeah. the people that you've met along the way, they
1: know who you are now. Oh, definitely. Um, I th- I feel like I was very naive um before Killian was diagnosed. Very naive to anyone with a medical problem. Um, very immature and stressed and worried for all the wrong reasons whereas now it's not like that um we're thinking of today and not too far into the future um and I just I feel like I just want to tell everyone what these amazing children go through because I didn't know that kids with cancer had these Fridays in them for two or three years. Um, I didn't know the treatments that they went through. And I, I feel really ashamed that I didn't know that children go through this. I know what adults go through, but I never knew what children went through. And I just feel like I want to tell everybody what they go through and how amazing they are. And it's not just the smiles that you see on on an ad for on the TV. It, it's hard and a lot harder sometimes than an adult's chemo treatment. And kids get the same chemos as adults too, you know. Um and they're just amazing, amazing kids. The Childhood Cancer Foundation, um they um post a candle um when a child has passed. And earlier on early on in the journey, I knew what that candle stood for. And every time I seen it, it killed me it's just it's horrible and and sometimes it happens so quick to these kids and it's just it's hard to explain and then sometimes you can just be numb to it um because there is so many that don't make it um it, 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 it's hard to explain and like your 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 friends and family won't see these candles being lit for these kids and won't see these posts about parents that have lost a child and you're sitting there in their kitchen and you see the candle and they'll say to you what's wrong and it, you're just not going to get the reaction so you just scroll past and say nothing. It's, it's a very private world as well. It, it gets hard talking to people about it unless they understand it. That sounds a bit cruel, but it, it's really hard um to talk to people who don't know um, the ins and outs of the journey. Um, I don't know, maybe it is because maybe people like me before just think cancer equals death, and i'm not I'm not sure, but. It's just, that's the dark side of childhood cancer. That's the dark side and the reality. And that's what you don't go looking for, even when you're in the journey, you don't want to see those. Um, You want to see the person who says, my child's 21 and graduating. And when you see those things, it's just pure fear and heartbreak for the parents that have done three years or more sometimes six years more of treatment to lose their child at the end of it's just horrible it's just it's just horrible and sometimes it's a sweet release for the parents you know it's it's just an awful awful disease it's incredibly cruel
0: Mm -hmm. were there times when you were desperately afraid
1: Oh, I've planned Killian's funeral about ten times in my head. Um, it's it's horrible. Yeah, I've been afraid a lot. Um, he um, he got um, sick. He had a cold one point, and he was put on a breathing machine. Um, and Killian was always a big boy, but in the middle of treatment, he looked like he was about four years of age. And he was so skinny. He was in like two age two to three butters and he was on a breathing machine. And he was white, and his, his all his um vitals were dropping. And I just thought, that's it. He's, he's gone. Um. It's it's and that happens a lot through treatment. Um. You could do that four or five times. You'll think that's it. They're gone. And their parents straight back up they're so good um but yeah it's you do you you, you hear the words your child had cancer you're, you're gonna think those things it's it's normal um just don't stay there you know did you
0: learn different coping techniques as the years passed about how to shift your brain out of that fear and start to trust that he is getting better, that cold is going, that weight is coming back on?
1: Yeah, every every time I thought like that, I then picture Killian showing me his wife on his wedding day, um, you know, things like that, just to get me out of it. Um, and, and it works, it does work. And just breathe, just... And just have that cry. Sometimes you think like that because you need to cry. I know that sounds silly again, but <clears throat> you need to have that release. You've been holding it in for two or three weeks. And you think a thought like that. Just let it happen. Think it. Cry, wipe your tears, and go again. Just release it. You, you need to release it and don't keep it in. It's natural to think like that. There's nothing wrong with it. Just don't stay in that mindset. That's really good
0: advice. What would you like to tell you three years ago? That mother who thought her son had a little cold but found out that it was so much more. What would you like to go back and what words of encouragement would you like her to know?
1: just to breathe i think um just breathe (laughs) honestly just breathe um i i worried about this i worried about small things um i'm not sure i feel like i did quite a good job i feel like we were pretty positive as a family to get through it but I also feel like I didn't take in what was happening and I wish I had of thought more about what was going on with treatment and stop worrying about everything in between um yeah just you know when Killian used to get a temperature and it was like right go to the hospital we've just had five days in there and now we have to go back um, just breathe. It's fine. He's getting better. Stop panicking over it. It's just something that happens. Um, it's not the worst thing. You know, the worst thing was that he had, had was diagnosed with cancer. The good thing is that he's getting sick from the chemo, and that means the chemo's working. You know, like listening
0: to you when you say. The, the person that you were before any of this and the things that you used to stress about and the things that you used to use up your energy on and the things that you weren't positive enough about and that's why these conversations are not just for parents who are in the midst of cancer or or have experienced childhood cancer but all parents need to have these conversations to hear these conversations to hear these perspectives because i think it's really important that we all understand and see what the parents of children who are beating and fighting and and experiencing cancer are going through because there's so much for us all to learn from
1: yeah but then you know i think that's a mom's job is to just worry and stress and I think that's natural and I think you're a good mom if you are worried and stressed it would be worse if you weren't it's just sometimes maybe calm it down and live in the moment um and and understand why you're stressing just say okay I'm stressing because I want to be the best and I want to be good but just don't don't overstress, yeah, just um, just remember when, when it's healthy and when it's not healthy. What are you most excited about next? Oh, seeing Killian run. He, he hasn't run properly um, because of the steroids in a long time. And to see him run and score his first goal in a, in a hurry, oh, wow, this got me really emotional um i wasn't expecting that um yeah just to see him score his first goal in harlan and run and cheer and hug his team and jump up and down um go to sleepovers um eat pepperami sticks because he's not allowed them at the moment and that's one of his favorites um just be normal and not worry and not just be normal yeah
0: just be a child
1: yeah just be a child um yeah and i can give out to him without feeling guilty um yeah i can yeah just go back to yeah having the normal stresses of life that
0: would be good gonna happen yeah yeah it's gonna happen really soon (laughs) yeah there's only a few more weeks left Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm really grateful for you to be able to share your story I'm so I'm so happy that yours is coming to such a positive end um and I really really want to thank you for being so honest with us tonight about not just the obvious challenges, but sometimes the deeper challenges that only mothers can really understand. No
1: problem. It's, it's really important to talk about it and know that no matter what your situation, mums worry, um, but with somebody with a child with cancer, it's normal to feel like that. And everyone's going through the same and there's always someone to talk to always thank
0: you welcome thank you for listening to this gold ribbon conversation with sinéad wood there are more gold ribbon stories written by those fighting childhood cancer on our website childhoodcancer.ie or through the link in our show notes by rating leaving a review or sharing this podcast across social using hashtag gold ribbon conversations you can help this podcast to reach more families. This podcast was produced by the brand story for Childhood Cancer Foundation Ireland, hosted by Sinead Moore and sound production by Alan Breslin.